Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. I'm Dwight Falk. We're online also at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. So that's where you can listen to all of our programming, and uh, also the podcasts are available there as well in case you'd like to listen to it at another time when it's not broadcasting live. Well, when looking at politics, uh, people will often be very critical of the way that leadership rules. And to be fair, many times leaders uh, make some pretty poor decisions. And we see that all the time when it comes to people that govern. But ruling, of course, isn't easy. It isn't easy. A lot of times a candidate that's not in power has a better chance of winning because they uh, say they have solutions to all of the problems. Of course, once they've been in power for a while, people can look at the track record and say, well, did they solve anything or did they not? And so it's hard. It's hard to rule. Here's a question for you. Could you rule effectively? You know, what if it was you that was in charge? Could you rule effectively? Do you have what it takes to solve major problems? Could you solve the problems that we see popping up in society? Well, what does it take to rule effectively? You know, is it a matter of having an advanced degree from an Ivy League school? Does somebody have to be just exceptionally intelligent? What does it take to rule? Well, history shows us that some catastrophic failures have occurred in leadership. If you have the wrong ruler in place, you have disaster. When leadership fails, there are tragic and often destructive results. And you can think of somebody like an Adolf Hitler. That would be a prime example where it was a ruler that had a certain amount of charisma and so forth, but their ideas brought destruction on many people. There's an example that's even more devastating than that, and it's in the Bible. Let's notice this uh, example of total failure when it comes to leadership. And we're looking at this because we want to know what does it take to rule successfully. Notice Isaiah 14. And we have a few passages today, so if you have a Bible handy, it'd be great to get it out so we could look at these together and see what the Bible has to say. Isaiah 14, and we'll start in verse 12. It says, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Really, the attitude here is that Lucifer is going to be the Most High. He was going to be the one to take over. He wanted to kick God off his throne. Now, if you know some of the history here, Lucifer was put on this earth to rule it with the government of God. And he was perfect. He was totally qualified to rule. He had training at the very throne room of God. He was qualified. He was created perfect. He should have been 
a spectacular ruler, but yet he failed. And the third of the angels that he was ruling over, they also failed. You can read about that in Revelation 12 and see that failure. Why did he fail? You know, just to look at it on the surface, you would think he would succeed. There'd be no way he couldn't. But yet he failed, and it was a catastrophic failure, a destructive failure. And, of course, the earth was destroyed, the universe was destroyed, and God had to recreate the earth and resurface it and so forth for man. We read about that there in Genesis 1. Lucifer failed. He became Satan. He became the adversary. Why did he fail? Well, the Bible shows us why. Notice this passage in Ezekiel 28. Such pivotal passages talking about this incredible history, and there's a lot for us to learn about it, and it has a lot to do with our potential. Ezekiel 28, starting in verse 14. Again, talking to Lucifer, talking to Satan. It says, you are the anointed cherub that covers. So again, he had that that position where he actually covered God's throne. I mean, he was right there at the throne of God, learning for a long time, I guess, how to rule, how to govern. And yet, he failed. It continues and says, and I have set you so. You know, God set him up, created him, and set him up as this, this covering cherub. It says, you were upon the holy mountain of God. You walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. And so, again, Lucifer was very qualified. He was qualified to rule. You know, maybe sometimes we see a physical leader and think, wow, that's a pretty impressive person. Well, that's nothing compared to this. I mean, he was qualified. Lucifer was perfect. Verse 15 makes this point. It says, you were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created. And then something happened. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. Uh, Iniquity means lawlessness. There was rebellion against God's law. And we see more about why Lucifer began to do this in verse 16. It says, By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of you with violence, and you have sinned. And therefore I will cast you as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Satan is the god of this world today. You can read that in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. But Christ has qualified to replace him. And his time, Satan's time, is running out. Verse 17 shows us the root cause of the problem here for Lucifer, who became Satan. It says, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Remember, we we read there in Isaiah 14, he was going to ascend, right? He was going to go into heaven. He was going to exalt his throne. His heart was lifted up, it says. Because of your beauty, you have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. I will cast you to the ground. I will lay you before kings that they may behold you. So quite an ignominious end here that is prophesied for Lucifer, who became Satan. But we learn a lot about why he failed. Lucifer sinned. He sinned. He was not able to attain the character of God. He was full of vanity. He began to look at himself and think, I'm 
pretty great. <laughs> I mean, he was perfect, right? But he was not able to attain the character of God. Lucifer sinned and was not able to attain the character of God. He still had to submit to God's government and God's law, and he wouldn't do that. He had to submit to it and then implement it, and he wouldn't do it. Notice what Mr. Armstrong wrote in Mystery of the Ages, which is a free book at thetrumpet.com. Please request it if you haven't, or you could read it right there if you'd like to. But it's a fantastic book. Mr. Armstrong writes, God assigns angels responsibilities, but God created within them minds with power to think, to reason, to make choices and decisions. But there was one super important quality that even God's creative powers could not create instantly by fiat. The same perfect, holy, righteous character inherent in both God and the Word. See, God and the Word have perfect, godly character, but they couldn't create it instantly. Mr. Armstrong says this kind of character must be developed by the choice and the intent of the one in whom it comes to exist. So mark well this super vital truism, he says, that perfect, holy, and righteous character is the supreme feat of accomplishment possible for Almighty God, the Creator. It is also the means to his ultimate supreme purpose, his final objective which is to reestablish his government on this earth and universe and expand his family, expand the God family, and do that through man, as man develops the character of God and becomes perfect, as God is perfect. Mr. Fleury writes this in the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, which again, that's free at thetrumpet.com. Please sign up for that. He writes that the universe can only be ruled by the very character of God. See, there it is. What does it take to rule? What, what did Lucifer fail in? <laughs> what, what was he lacking, even though he was perfect until he sinned? What was he lacking? What does it take to rule? No, it's not the advanced degree from an Ivy League school, and it's not this, I suppose, uh, genetic intelligence that somebody might have more than others. It's the character of God. The universe, Mr. Fleury writes, can only be ruled by the very character of God. That is the character, he says, required to administer God's government. And the angels were not able to attain that character. They didn't do it. And uh, the third that were under Lucifer's rule, they, of course, sinned and became demons. So you and I, we have to develop the character of God if we are to be successful rulers. If we're to really look at the problems that we see in society and change them and fix them, it's going to take the character of God. That's what has to be there if we're to be successful. We have to develop the character of God to be successful rulers. And, of course, Lucifer and one-third of the angels, as we've been talking about, they failed to obey God and his government. And so that's why there was so much destruction. And that's why even on this earth today, remember, Satan is still the god of this world. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 4, he deceives the whole world. Revelation 12 and verse 9, right? He broadcasts 
his attitudes, his moods, his emotions, which are negative. And so that's why you see so many problems on this earth. They don't obey God, Satan and his demons, and they don't obey God's government. They don't have the character of God. And so what they do rule over ends up being destroyed. It ends up just becoming tohu and bohu, as the Bible says. Notice this passage in Jude 6. Jude gives some history here about the angelic rebellion, their failure, Satan's failure. And again, it's for our admonition. It's, it's good to know. I mean, obviously, we need to know the history. But it's also um, something that we can learn from and make sure we don't repeat those mistakes. Jude 6 says, And the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. See, they didn't keep their first estate. God gave them the earth to rule over, those third anyway, under Lucifer, his direction as he followed God. But again, there was that rebellion, and they didn't keep that first estate. They wanted to do it a different way. They thought, well, we can rule a different way And the result was destruction. Verse 13 says, talking about this mindset that these perverted demons have, it says, Raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Nothing else can be done with them because their minds have been twisted. Wandering stars, it says. Mr. Fleury writes about this in the correspondence course. He says in verse 13, Jude calls the rebellious angels wandering stars, stars out of orbit. Their first estate was earth where they were sent to administer the government of God. And they failed. And that is why human beings are here today. To complete the monumental job they left unfinished. We are going to help restore God's government to this earth. See, that's our job. That's our potential. And that's why we have to learn from the mistakes that were made and not repeat them. And understand that we cannot rule without the character of God. Further, Mr. Fleury writes, look at your potential. I mean, look at that potential. He says, Jude talks about stars to help us think in universe terms. And of all that God is offering us, if we keep ourselves within a lawful orbit will be given the authority to rule over those angelic stars because there are righteous angels, two-thirds, and we will rule over them because we'll be part of the God family. But we have to remain, we have to be in a lawful orbit. And if we get a little out of orbit, we need to correct that and get back into orbit and make sure that we're following God's law and following his government. And that way, we can be used That way we can be used to rule successfully. And Jude wrote about the angels and what happened to those that sinned. And when they got out of a lawful orbit, in other words, when they stopped obeying God's law and government, they couldn't be used to rule. They weren't qualified anymore. They weren't effective rulers. They couldn't be used. And all they can do is cause lawless destruction. But that history, of course, it's instructive for man. It's instructive for you and me 
because God is offering mankind the opportunity to develop his character and then go forward and help him rule the universe. But practically speaking, we have to keep God's law and follow God's government. So, I mean, if you look at the nations of the world today and all the problems that exist, and if we were to list them all off, it would just keep going. Every problem, every single one, is a direct result of breaking the wonderful law of God. Somewhere God's law was broken, and the result of it is destruction. The result of it is a problem, a major problem. So the solution is to apply the law of God. That's practical, and that's something we can use in our lives today. If there's a problem, it's caused by breaking God's law, and the solution is to apply God's law. That's the solution. Mr. Flurry writes, again in the correspondence course, Jude puts it all into perspective with this history. Look at what the angels lost. They had the opportunity to beautify the earth and to administer God's law and then do the same to the whole universe. When you implement God's law, you always create beauty because God is doing it through you. First the world, then the universe, and that is why we are here. That is why we are here. Imagine, he says, what the angels would have done to the earth if they had listened to God. And imagine what we will do when we administer the law and government of God. Now, of course, we don't have jurisdiction over the world today. So look at what you do have jurisdiction over. Your life, right? Your, your day-to-day activities. Can you submit those to God, to his law and to his government, and rule yourself and develop the character of God? I mean, that's, that's a training ground for you, for me. I mean, these are questions for all of us. It's easy to kind of look out and, and see the future a little bit and think, wow, imagine ruling all of that. And we should be thinking that way. But then we also have to look very specifically at today and say, well, how do I rule today? How do I take care of whatever I've got jurisdiction over today? Because it's a training ground. It's a testing ground. And God's watching to see how we're doing with it. Notice John 8. One more passage here. John 8, verses 29 through 31. Here's an example that uh, is the perfect example of Jesus Christ. Verse 29, Christ says, And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed on him. And then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. So look at Christ's example when he was on this earth. He always did those things that pleased his Father. Lucifer didn't do that, he sinned. He would not do the things that please God the Father. He thought he should be in charge. He thought he should be making the decisions. Christ came to this earth, and he was God, right? He was at that level, although the Father, of course, is at the top, and Christ perfectly submits to him and always has as the Word. But he's still part of that family, and but he never 
never fought against his father. He did what always pleased God. I mean, what an example. That's godly character. That's how come Christ can rule, and he will. In other words, you know, Christ obeyed God's law and government. And if we are to be his disciples, he tells us here very clearly, then we must continue in his word and do as he did. We have to live as Christ lived, and that's how he lived. He did those things always that pleased God the Father. So that's a different type of mindset, certainly, than Satan had and has. They, they are the opposite. They fight against God's law and government. But we need to have the same mindset that Christ had there. Philippians 2 and verse 5 tells us that. Let this mind be in you, right, of Christ Jesus. This is a type of godly character that can rule. This character can rule. This character will solve problems. Why? Because the application of God's law solves problems and prevents them also. This is the character that follows God's law and government, and it's the character that's needed to rule. Mr. Fleury writes, you can see why it is so important that we develop the character of God. We must build more character than even the righteous angels have. We must become perfect as our Father is perfect. You can read that in Matthew 5 and verse 48. God wants to know whether we truly love his law and government, whether we really want his rule over us, and whether we truly yearn to help him build his beauty in the universe. So again, I ask the question, do you have what it takes to rule and to rule successfully? Do I have what it takes? Well, if we are developing the character of God, then we're on our way to being able to rule ourselves and those that God gives us jurisdiction over and ultimately the whole universe. If you'd like to learn more about this, please request Mystery of the Ages, The Incredible Human Potential, and of course, please enroll in the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.